friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Dan Caspery here. Appreciate you checking out this episode of the podcast. And, uh, well, for this episode of the podcast, it's all instant replay. All instant replay from the radio show, the Dan Casper Show, uh, from Monday, October 3rd's, uh, October 3rd's show? Does that sound right? No. Uh, the, the show from October 3rd, because, well, a lot was going on in the world of Wisconsin sports. So Paul Christ getting fired from the Badgers. Jim Leonard named the interim head coach. Packers escaping with a with a victory against the Patriots. So that's what we're going to focus on on this episode of the podcast. So if you missed any portions of the radio show, you're going to be able to check them out right here with uh, with a couple of segments from uh, the program on October 3rd, where we really talked about uh, the Badgers moving on from Paul Christ. And the Packers getting their third win of the season, but just escaping a New England Patriots team that had a third-string quarterback playing for them. All right, enjoy this episode of the Man Cave Podcast with instant replay from the Dan Casper Show. Badger football making a change in in the head coaching uh, position. Going to hear from Mac, Chris McIntosh, Athletic Director Chris McIntosh, and Jimmy Leonard here in a second. But uh, Paul Christ uh, finishing with a 67-26 and 26 overall record at Wisconsin. One win shy from being uh, second overall. And uh, Brett Bielema is actually second overall. So kind of weird how things kind of transpire and connect dots, right? I mean, Paul Christ's last game as head coach is a loss against Brett Bielema. And now Brett Bielema will... Right now, at least, a second in the all-time wins list for for Wisconsin. And Paul Christ, right now third, just one game back. He won 10 games or more in four of his first five seasons with the Badgers. Won a Cotton Bowl, an Orange Bowl, three Big Ten West Division titles. But you look at the last couple of years here, and you can kind of see a little bit of a maybe falling down period right 2020 they went four and three um before a slow start to the 2021 season which they finished nine and four uh braylon allen as we mentioned had tweeted out uh, after the news anyone who wanted coach chris gone isn't a part of this team um i'm surprised that they actually did it i'm, I'm surprised they actually pulled the trigger and and made this move I really kind of thought that they were going to finish out this year and then maybe kind of reassess to, to where everything was at. But at the same time, maybe it's also, you know, if they really want to see Jimmy Leonard and, and maybe get him some reps as, as a head coach and then kind of, you know, go into next year, assuming he is going to get the job with a little bit of experience under his belt. I don't know, but not many. Let's Let's be real here. Not many coaches do get let go with a record like what Paul Christ had 
Let, let's be real here, okay? Put all the personal stuff set aside. Not a lot of coaches do get let go with with a overall record like what Paul Christ has. So, but what are your thoughts on the move? I'll get to your thoughts here in just a few minutes because let's hear from uh, athletic director Chris McIntosh and interim head coach Jimmy Letter from their presser last night, audio courtesy from uh, UW Badgers. It goes without saying, today is an incredibly tough day uh, for our program, uh, specifically for the players on this team. Um, Going forward, our priority uh, is to support them uh, both immediately and as the season unfolds. Um, I had to make an incredibly difficult decision today uh, for a change in leadership of our football program. Um, couldn't have more respect for Coach Christ, for who he is, uh, for what he stands for, for his commitment to this place. Um, first and foremost, to our student athletes, to our players. Uh, nobody uh, has their best interests at heart or cares about them like Coach Christ. And so, um, just couldn't have, couldn't, couldn't say, couldn't say anything better about Coach Christ right now. Um, I'm tasked with making difficult decisions about the future and of the direction of this program, and I felt at this point in time that a change was needed. I met with Coach Chris this morning. We had a long meeting. We talked about it, and um, we agreed to move on with this change and this decision. Um, Fortunate to have Coach Leonard here on our staff, uh, confident that he can lead this team through the balance of this season. That's our priority right now. Our priority is make sure that these kids get the most out of this season and out of their experience at Wisconsin. Uh, so I'm comforted by the fact that Jimmy's on staff, uh, and I'm confident that he'll do a great job. Um, again, um, I can't uh, discredit the amount of uh, uh, the amount of people this affects, specifically uh, Coach Christ and his family, our current players and staff around this it's a big decision and it's got implications that are not lost on me um, but uh, really really uh, thankful uh, to have been able to work side by side with coach Christ through uh, some incredibly exhilarating uh, positive moments and um, and some tough ones like today and so we'll push forward uh, and we'll push forward this season under Coach Leonard's leadership, and uh, our focus will be on uh, making the most of this season for our team. Thanks. Uh, obviously, a very emotional day for myself and our staff and our players. Uh, we have a tremendous amount of respect for Coach Christ and everything he's done for this program. I mean, his family and this program mean everything to him, and um, I think it's 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 our duty, you know, my duty as a coach, um, and to get our staff and players to rally, you know, behind him and and really fulfill everything that he had envisioned for this team, which we still think is is out there. And um, it's unfortunate, you know, myself, I had a, a long relationship with Coach Chris as a player, um, mentoring me, you know, as I got into coaching, you know. This man hired me with zero coaching experience and and named me his coordinator a year later. So very emotional day for myself. Um, 
And with that being said, it's you know a, a dream for myself coming out of uh, of that nightmare, and I, I want to respect him and his family in in all ways. And um, this place means a ton to myself, um, and it means so much to to everyone who is committed to be here with the athletic department, the players, the faculty, um, the coaching staff, and. Um, we, we want more, we want better, and, and that's my goal is to try to help get us in that direction um, in a unique time. And I'm um, up to that task, and I'm excited for that, that journey that we're about to go on, um, but definitely a very emotional day um, for all of us involved. All right, so that's just uh, some opening remarks from Badger Athletic Director Chris McIntosh and and uh, new interim head coach Jimmy Leonard. Audio courtesy again from uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. There, but um, were you at all surprised by the move? Were were you all were you surprised that at this point in time that they actually were? I mean, like they actually did it. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like when Mike McCarthy was was let go. Um, and and maybe you could draw some parallels to where the the downward trend between Paul Christ and, and Mike McCarthy in terms of, you know, what was the knock on Mike McCarthy maybe not adapting to to the times or to the current uh, style of the game. You know what I mean? That was that was a big thing from a lot of fans out there, and and I think from a lot of Badger fans out there too. It was kind of the same thing with with uh, with Paul Christ. I mean, you can kind of connect some some parallels to to this whole thing here. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but. Um, I'll, I'll admit it. I mean, I was I was surprised that they actually did it in season. I, I really was. I, I thought, you know, after what a week or two ago, when Chris McIntosh, you know, was out there, was in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Kind of, there was the article about he's taking the the Barry Alvarez type of approach. See how coaches can kind of coach out of adversity and and, and situations like that. But then, boom, uh, you know, moved on. And this was after. Paul Chris got an extension in in the off season, and there is a reported a huge buyout. It was like sixteen point four million. But Chris McIntosh did say yes or yesterday in that presser too that uh, they did. He he wouldn't say the number, but uh, they did come to an agreement on a different buyout number that he said was significantly less. Didn't say what that number was, but it is lesser than what that sixteen sixteen point four whatever it is. That's being reported out there. So, yeah, I, I, again, I was surprised that they actually made the move at this point in time. Um, you know, if they don't have a guy like Jimmy Leonard on staff, are they making that move? Probably not, I, I don't think. And maybe this is an opportunity for McIntosh and for Jimmy Leonard to, you know, for McIntosh to evaluate Jimmy Leonard, but also for, for Jimmy Leonard to get some reps underneath him as as a head coach and if the plan is to for him to be the head coach which i think we all agree is probably going to happen unless something is just way off here but you know this is an opportunity for him to get what one two three four five six seven regular season games of coaching experience under his belt we'll see if they can you know get a bowl game or something like this at this point but this is this is an evaluation period for for Chris McIntosh, and this is a, a period for Jim Leonard to, to gain experience, and maybe that had a lot to do and with with factoring into this decision as well. But 
you know, I know there was quite a few Badger fans that wanted this move. They, they wanted this move to to happen. But, you know, this we have to also remember, too, this is somebody's, I mean, this is somebody's job. This is somebody's livelihood. Uh, it not only affects him, but, you know, affects the family. Talking about Paul Christ here. I mean, there's probably, there's nobody in in this world right now that feels more awful than what Paul Christ is. I mean, Paul Christ is a badger played there he grew up in the area this was i gotta imagine his dream job too and to be let go from his dream job that's gotta sting you guys right that that's gotta hurt that's gotta hurt so i don't want to pile on too much on 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 paul christ and and, and the move but i think one thing too that this kind of signifies to to me is you know, the last couple of years, we've talked about expectations when it comes to this Badger football team or this Badger football program, I should say. What are the expectations? Is it just to compete for Big Ten West titles and we'll see, you know, get to the Big Ten championship and, you know, see what happens or get to, you know, a decent bowl game? Or is the expectation to take the next step and compete for college football playoff spots and and perhaps even compete for a national championship should those be the expectations for the badger football team McIntosh kind of ta- uh, alluded to it a little bit yesterday in his presser but he said the the expectation the goal is always to to bring championships but to me this almost kind of signifies and I could be reading too much into it but it almost kind of signifies is like all right, we are ready to take this next step, or we want to take this next step to, you know, compete for a playoff, compete with the big boys for for national championships, or to get up there, or at least to have a shot at it. So that that to me was something I took away from a move like this being done at this point, because as I mentioned, you look at Paul Chris' record; not many coaches get let go with a record like that. There really isn't. Let's be real here. Facts are facts. But what this also tells me, too, is that, again, in my opinion, that Wisconsin wants to take that next step, or or Chris McIntosh has some big-time goals and expectations for this football program in the next few years, that he wants to see this football program take that next step and try to compete for some national championships try to compete for some college football playoff spots wants to be in that conversation doesn't just want to be a Big Ten West favorite and then get to a a good bowl game no he wants to take that next step and I think if you are a Badgers fan I mean you've got to be excited about that potential right you've got to be excited about somebody or, or, or a program wanting now to take that next step, or at least trying to. Now the question is going to be, is Jim Leonard the guy that can do it? Is he the guy that can take this program up another notch? A lot of people think he can be. We The, 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 the real answer is we don't know yet. We have no idea. But I guarantee you there is a ton of Badger fans and and people even just in the state who are probably not the biggest Badger fans or they just kind of casually pay attention to them. And they're like, Jim Leonard's coach? Oh, yeah. 
might even draw a little bit more, you know, paying attention to that too. But I guarantee you too, Jim Letter, there's nobody that's going to work harder to try to turn around this program or, or take this program to the next step than than Jim Letter. And, and and the thing is too is like you know Paul Christ was a was a was a Badger guy too. We we all know that, right? Played quarterback in that, but Jim Letter is just kind of different. You know, the story, the walk on, right? The walk on from from up north of here. Grew up in a state. Made a name for himself. Walk on at Wisconsin, undrafted in the NFL. Made 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 a name for himself in the NFL. Comes back to Wisconsin. I mean, that's just that's a Hollywood story. And and the perfect Hollywood ending to this story would be taking his college football program up another step, up another notch, and, and being a consistent threat to for a national championship. It might be lofty goals. It might be really big goals, but I get the sense that's what they want to do with this program, that that's what they envision with this program. Uh, as we mentioned, I put up an early Twitter poll late last night on where people thought or who people where where Badger fans who do they wanted to be the new head coach and and no big surprise the the clear majority is Jim Leonard at sixty three point six percent I think honestly it probably would have been at least in the seventies maybe even approaching the eighties if if Lance Lance Leopold wasn't having a great season at Kansas this year I mean if it was just so so average his name's probably not mentioned as much. But the fact that Kansas is having a tremendous year and now cracking the top 25 and they're undefeated, yeah, his name is being thrown out there. thing is, too, he's actually older by a couple years, older than Paul Christ. Now, I'm not saying that should matter in those decisions at, at any point, but I'm just kind of throwing that out there. I don't think a lot of people realize that. You know, he isn't a Jimmy Leonard, young, kind of almost kid. Jim Leonard's going to turn 40 at the end of this month. Still young, but but, and maybe that's that's an advantage too that he can maybe relate a little bit more. I don't know. A lot of factors into it, but the poll updates: yeah, sixty three point six percent in favor of Leonard, twenty seven point three Lance, nine point one percent saying other, but nobody has said who the the other person is that they would like to see. So, a couple questions I'm throwing out to you: one, are you surprised that they actually made the move? Two, are you in favor of the move? I'm really curious to hear from the people who are not in favor of the move. I want to know if, and please let me know with with a text, 715-830-1912, if you don't like this move. And I think Chris McIntosh hit it on the head. This is, this is a big move because, again, not many programs move on from coaches with records like that. You can see a little bit of a downward trend, but still the overall records – not many programs will move on from a coach with that type of record. So is this a risky move? Is it a is it a risk but with potential high rewards? Yeah. I think you could say that. But I also think that kind of goes back to the notion that all right, they've got maybe some lofty goals here. And they want to take it up another step and they don't know if they can do that. With, with Paul Chris as head coach, but they feel like they maybe can do that with a guy like Jimmy Leonard. 
So hit me up with those texts, 715-830-1912. Yeah, not too often after a, a victory Monday, but in a game that had us on pins and needles, does does another you know sport in Wisconsin supersede the, the Packers here? But Packers escaping with a victory. I think that's the best way to describe it, escaping with a victory yesterday against the Patriots. And uh, was a third-string quarterback for the Patriots, third-string rookie quarterback for the Patriots that was making things uncomfortable for many Packers fans and the Packers out there, too. But uh, Bailey Zappa, 10 of 15, 99 yards. Not a whole lot there, right? But running game. That was going for New England. Harris, 18 carries, 86 yards. Stevenson, 14 carries, 66 yards. Overall, Patriots ran the ball for 167 yards. But the Packers ran the ball for 199, a buck 99. Aaron Jones over 100 yards, 16 carries, 110. I think that was a frustrating point for a lot of Packers fans yesterday, especially in that first half, which was just awful offensively. It was ugly in the passing game. It's like, just keep giving it to Aaron Jones for crying out loud. I mean, A.J. Dillon, 17 carries, 73 yards. Alan Lazard did finish the game with six catches for over 100 yards, six catches, 116. Romeo Dobbs with another touchdown catch. Let's give credit to Chris. Dude, that was a sweet back shoulder throw to a rookie and a great adjustment by Romeo Dobbs. The thing is, too, is that guy, Romeo, he's, he's kind of shown some Maybe some ball security issues. You had the fumble earlier, but then the drop in the end zone. Go back to the preseason. Another game in the regular season, too. It's like, gotta hold on to that ball, right? Gotta hold on to that football. Cobby with a couple big catches. Good to see Bobby Tunyon with a seam catch touchdown with and, and securing the catch with the with the big hit. Christian Watson getting his first touchdown on a run. Obviously, this was not a pretty football game this was i mean we were sitting there how i I was sitting there we're 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 gonna lose this game we're gonna lose this game i mean it looked like matt patricia calling offensive plays was having his way with joe barry a few times there too it's like are we gonna lose this and even aaron Rodgers said after the game too he's like we can't lose this uh this game with a third string quarterback So they escape with an overtime victory. Adrian Amos uh, left the game early, and maybe that was a big reason why the Packers were kind of struggling in, in the run defense. I mean, they were coming off of a game against Tampa Bay with Leonard Fournette doing a, a good job of slowing him down and stopping that run. And then you come into this one, and they struggle with the run defense. But Adrian Amos leaving the game early, uh, concussion. He did tweet that he's good. Do, don't know if that means he's going to be able to go uh, for for their game in London against the Giants. But, I mean, there's still some stuff we can take away from, from this game. David Bakhtiari playing the whole game, coming through. How about that? Good C69 out there playing a full game. Apparently the plan was to have him start off with a couple of series in a row. Then Yash was going to come in, but Yash was added to the injury report on Saturday with an illness. Now he was active in that, but 
that kind of changed everything they said. Rashawn Gary having his way over there at outside linebacker. So, I mean, we still, we've got players we can hand some game balls to. Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Goodburger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking, those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. All right. Obviously, the, the big news in the state of Wisconsin sports is the the Paul Chris firing, Jimmy Leonard named interim head coach. Your thoughts, were you surprised by, you know, I don't know if we were necessarily totally surprised that a change was made, but are you surprised at the timing of it, that it actually, like they actually did it. Are you surprised that they actually, Chris McIntosh made the decision? What, a week ago? There's our, he did an interview. No, we're going to let them coach through this, difficult times, all that. How many days later, let go? Are you surprised they actually did it? Not surprised that they made a move, but are you surprised they actually did it? And if you haven't voted in the in the poll yet, would you like to see Jimmy Leonard be the main man? Lance down in Kansas. Kansas now in the top 25. The victory against Iowa State. Jimmy Leonard's still 63, 64% of the vote. Still winning it there. And is there anybody out there, and please don't be shy. Please don't be shy. But if you want to send me a text or a tweet or Facebook or something like that where you think this was a bad decision by Wisconsin to fire Paul Chris, you can remain nameless if you want. I don't care. But do you or is there anybody out there that you do not agree with the decision to fire Paul Chris? You know, if you go down the the rabbit holes or the the dark places of social media. And, you know, once in a while I'll get down there. I'll be like, I'll just kind of Google. I'll do some search, keywords, see what people are talking about. And one of the things that, you know, I kind of fell upon is because I want to see what, what sports fans are talking about across the across the area, across the country on certain topics. And and one thing I kind of found, found was there was a discussion about, well, I mean, is this a risky move for Wisconsin – is it a high risk, high reward type of situation? Because there's some people throwing out a comparison to to Nebraska. Like when Nebraska moved on from Bo Pelini. Similar records between Bo Pelini and Paul Christ. And then, you know, after the Bo Pelini thing, Nebraska's kind of struggled since then, right? So there's some people out there wondering, could this be the fate of Wisconsin? You know, you're moving on from a coach who's got over a 700 winning percentage. Is that a little too risky that the the grass isn't always greener? I think it's a risk risk move, but I also think it's a it's a high reward type of move. And you know, I mentioned it a couple times, but I really believe that. This move also signifies that Chris McIntosh and this Badger Athletic Department have lofty goals. 
that they want to take this program up another step, up another notch. Great to be, you know, Big Ten West. Talked about being the favorites in the Big Ten West, you know, getting to a Big Ten championship game, getting to a decent bowl game. Great. But I think with a move like this, this also signifies like, okay, we want to take the next step up. We want to compete for a college football playoff spot, maybe even a national championship. And we feel like the 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 only way to do this is to make this move. And maybe we feel like Jimmy Leonard is that guy that can take us to that spot. Because, I mean, and I th- think, too, with, with Chris McIntosh, fairly new as, as athletic director, right? Worked under Barry Alvarez for how many years? He's a Barry Alvarez guy. He's known Paul Chris for a long time, too. Paul Chris is a Barry Alvarez guy. Chris McIntosh could have just said, status quo. Could have just stayed it. Could have kept Barry's guy. But like we were kind of saying a little bit earlier, Chris McIntosh just made made a decision too that really signifies this is my athletic department now. This is my athletic department. I'm the one that makes the decisions, and I think that's a that's a big statement from from Chris McIntosh too. There's no doubt he's putting some chips in into the middle of the table here. He's willing to take a risk. He's willing to go out there and try to accomplish some big-time goals. He could just stay status quo if he wanted and, you know, maybe win, go with a program that wins nine games a year, ten games a year, gets a decent bowl game, and, you know, maybe get to a Big Ten championship game here. Could have done that. Would have probably gotten calls a little louder each every year from, from fans wanting a little bit more and such, but this is a big-time move from, from Chris McIntosh with some risk involved in it alright your thoughts on the move is there anybody out there who doesn't like it please let me know I'm really curious to find out I'm really curious majority of though from all the textures from this morning sure seems like that uh, you're all kind of in favor of it we'll take a quick break we'll catch up on some texts it's been a little bit since I checked it so we'll catch up on some of those see what you all have to say uh, anybody want to hand out any game balls from the Packers victory yesterday, too? You can do that. Hit me up with some text, tweets, or Facebook. Hey, what up, everybody? Dan Casper here. I hope you are enjoying this episode of the Man Cave podcast. I just wanted to send you a quick reminder that if you are not subscribing to the Man Cave podcast, do me a favor, do me a solid, and subscribe to that podcast. It's free, okay? And we're available on like every single podcasting platform out there iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, you name it, we're probably there. And if you, uh, on your favorite podcasting platform, if you have the ability to rate or review the podcast, like on iTunes or Spotify, go ahead and do me another favor, if you don't mind, please. Five stars. Five stars. Leave a solid review, too, if you can, like on iTunes. That way other people can find the Man Cave podcast, okay? And don't forget to follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Casper Sports, and at Twitter, at D-A-N-K-A-S-P-E-R. You can even follow me on Instagram, Dan Casper Sports. Remember, that's a Casper with a K. Now, let's get back to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. 
we got uh, one Paul Chris finally gone. I believe he should have been gone last year. Finally had the ammo to get rid of him too. Packers offensive line uh, put Jenkins back at guard. You'll have a dominant left-hand side of the uh, of the line and put Yash at right tackle. Let's blow away people on the left side of the line, and Jenkins was struggling on right just because Jenkins wants big money doesn't mean he has to play there. I was kind of wondering about uh, moving Jenkins back to, to guard. I don't know if they unless they would move John Runyon Jr. over to, to right guard or that sort of thing, but... Yeah, I mean, it looked like he was having trouble with Matthew Judon yesterday. Jenkins was. Now, the only thing is, is would Green Bay be, are they comfortable putting Yash over there? Because if you remember, Adam Stenovich had said in uh, in the preseason that Yash, he pretty much said Yash wasn't good at right tackle. Uh, just to, just to kind of, you know, say it for what it is. Stenovich said that Yash is much better left tackle than he was right tackle, or is right tackle. And a lot of it had to do with the footwork and that sort of thing. So they would have to be confident that, you know, if you put Yash over there, that that he could do the job better than what they were thinking just a couple months ago. So, but I I agree with uh, with this texter where it looked like Jenkins was having a little bit of issue with uh, with Matthew Judon over there over at the the right side. Um, Steve from Eau Claire, I don't agree with the timing of uh, firing Paul Chris. I think they should have given him until the end of the season because I think Mertz is more to blame for what's been going on. When Chase Wolf went down over the summer, I said, I said to myself, this season is either going to be a huge success with Mertz or an absolute disaster. Uh, Jimmy has proved, another texture, he knows the X's and O's and can coach a defense and probably lead a team. Uh, the question is, can he lead a top recruiting effort? Likely his biggest challenge. Our level of talent has slumped to a low level. That said, never underestimate Jimmy Leonard. I'm confident he can. Uh, another texter. texter uh, Paul Chris, right move, wrong time. Keep these thoughts coming. Lots of uh, varying opinions out there, which I love to see. So keep those babies on coming. Uh, Packers yesterday avoiding... Avoiding, or I should say, escaping, uh, with with a victory against the New England Patriots and their third string quarterback. Uh, oh, I forgot one texture too. Uh, Metalhead Mold uh, would have been surprised to see the firing in the first week of October, but blown out at home by Illinois changes a lot of things. It lets Jimmy hit the recruiting trail early, I guess. Um, so that was a texture from Metalhead Mold. Uh, Packers. Escaping with that victory yesterday against the against the Patriots, I know we threw out the the Twitter question. Was it last Thursday when we had like all those three? Do you still are you nervous about a are you are you still nervous about a Bill Belichick coach team? And the, it's like fifty seven percent said no, not anymore, not this year. Wonder if I took that again, would would people be giving Bill Belichick a little bit more credit or more in terms of like would they kind of like well, it wasn't Bill Belichick in that team. It was it was the Packers in that. I'd, I'd be kind of curious if anybody would change their vote. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. But when we break it down half by half, there's no question that Packers offense was just god-awful in the first half outside of the running game. And maybe that's where it was a little frustrating. It's like, just keep feeding the ball to the running backs, to Aaron Jones. I mean, he looked like he was running with his hair on fire in that game. 
And you kind of wonder how much did you know the fumble right away kind of derail some of the things. Take you know it's really early in the game for that to happen. I understand that, but you know you open up with a big plat pass play to Alan Lazard, Romeo Dobbs fumbles the next play. But it was just like, whew, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Aaron overthrowing, receiver, I mean, pick six before the half. Whew. But second half, they come out, look a little bit better, but then uh, the Packers' run defense struggling a little bit. Struggling to stop the run. Matt Patricia, <laughs> you know what? Matt Patricia was calling plays and say what it is, but he was he was making some good calls out there. Tip of the cap to Matt Patricia. Not often can we say that about him, but he was making some plays. Or he was making some good calls. Sticking with the run. A little play action going there, too. But I think, you know, heading into this game, we were all kind of like, okay. New England's banged up. And they got even more banged up during the game. And it's like, this has got to be a blowout game for, for Green Bay. And it wasn't. Not even close. Had to go to overtime and no time left where for a field goal they'll get the victory. Aaron Rodgers said it best afterwards. This type of winning is not sustainable. And he's exactly right. You know, now that we're about a quarter of the way through the season, it's not exactly right because it's a 17-game schedule now. So, I mean, it's like halfway through the game on Sunday in London. It'll be like a quarter of the way through the season, whatever how the math works out. But... We're about a quarter of the way. Let's let's just call it about a quarter of the way. We're close to it. And we've got an inconsistent defense, right? I mean, the run defense, at least, has been pretty darn inconsistent. You allow a bunch of yards on the ground to Montgomery in Week 2 in Chicago. You do a really good job of containing Leonard Fournette in Week 3 with Tampa Bay. And then Week 4, New England, which I think we all, everybody in the world probably knew especially with the third stringer coming in that New England wants to run the football. And they struggle. They struggle at times to stop that run. So it's been up and down, up and down with that run defense. And I think the jury's maybe still a little bit out with the with the secondary. You know, Jair missed the game yesterday. Adrian Amos went out with a concussion. But yeah, look at the teams they've played, and do we really? I mean, we assume on paper, and we assume from what we saw last year that the secondary will be good in that. But I mean, okay, Justin Jefferson lit him up. Chicago, can anybody name the receiver? Tampa Bay didn't have anybody out there. New England. And then you got the Giants coming here, but Sterling Shepard's out for the year. I mean, Washington might be the game. Washington, yeah, but the Carson Wentz is the weird factor because you got Dodson, you got McLaurin and that. But Buffalo might be the next one or the real test with that secondary. But, you know, we were saying last week, it's like, okay, after four games into an NFL season, we always hear these, 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 like quarterbacks specifically, always kind of say, all right, now we can kind of start to see, you know, where we're at as a team. I know Tom Brady has said that over the years. Aaron Rodgers has said that over the years. Four games in, you kind of like, all right, now you're starting to really kick it into gear and maybe starting to really see who you are as a team. 
and what you do and what you do well and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and honestly, I don't really have a great gauge of what Green Bay is. So just all up and down. I don't have a good game. I don't have a good feel. And it's only four games in, so we got plenty more time left. But if we, you know, through these first four games, if we start to see these trends of teams really start to like, all right, now we're starting to see who this these teams are and and you know what they can do and what they are. I have no idea what Green Bay is right now, other than that they are a three and one team. I mean, we're seeing individual performers coming out, Rashawn Gary and Aaron Jones, but that's about it. So I want to start to see, now that we are approaching the second quarter of this season, I want to start to see some consistency here. I want to start to see, I feel like this gets talked about every single year, and it's probably a lazy analysis or talking point but we it, I feel like every single year it gets brought up play four quarters play four good quarters play four solid consistent quarters I feel like we say that everybody says says that every single year and everybody probably says it for every single team all 32 NFL teams out there but I think you know we're just kind of looking like okay we want to know what the identity of this team is we think it should be running the football. I think one of the identities that we do know from from Green Bay on the offensive side of things is that Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, we knew it heading in. It's being confirmed so far. You know, they're talking about how we talked about in the offseason, like how I I know I mentioned that I want to see Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon lined up in the backfield a lot. Put one in motion, then you kind of create some mismatches there. We are seeing that. We are seeing them put Dillon and Jones in the backfield together, moving them around, being a part of the offense, trying to create some mismatches. We're seeing that for sure. What we haven't seen from the offensive side is maybe, you know, and the running game had 199 yards yesterday, but I think there was that time, especially in the first half, we were like, okay, can you just stick with the run here for a little bit? But what we haven't seen yet is big plays down the field. We've seen a couple, but not a lot of big plays down the field. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um... Ups and downs with some of the rookies, which is to be expected. We haven't really seen a whole lot from from Bobby Tunyon yet. I thought Bobby Tunyon, Robert Tunyon would come in and you know and really have a great season. And you know maybe he's starting to get there. We got the touchdown yesterday. That seam route. I'd like to see that a little bit more. Are we going to see Randall Cobb involved a little bit more? Or is he mostly like a third down type of option? Like okay, I know where that guy's going to be. I know where eighteen's going to be. That's my guy on third down. Defensively, we've seen the ups and downs of the run defense. We've seen Rashawn Gary excel so far. Quay Walker has been making, you know, tackles left and right. He's had some rookie moments. But for the most part, we've seen why he was a first-round draft pick with his speed. Devondre Campbell... Kind of doing his thing out there, too. But maybe we want to see a little bit more consistency with the defensive line sort of thing. Special teams. Yeah, there was a couple moments yesterday, especially with the return coverage. But then you factor in, okay, Ford had to step in and play, you know, safety. Trickle-down effect there a little bit. Did that have an effect? 
So maybe we're starting to see just a little bit what this team's all about. But we don't have a complete picture, obviously, yet with just four games in. Maybe just a little bit. I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I'd be comfortable in saying that we know about this team is like, yeah, they really, really, really want to get 28 and 33 involved as much as possible and get them on the field together as much as possible, which is a duh type of comment. But other than that, it's kind of been some just up and down moments so far. But I think we're starting to get close to to figuring it out. Maybe starting to get close to where they're trying to get their feel of like where this offense can go. I mean, that was a you know like in in terms of the receivers too, with like Romeo Dobbs and such. That was a big play with that that back shoulder adjustment catch for that touchdown. And not only for Romeo Dobbs, but that's a big play for for Aaron to to throw that to a rookie. And a rookie, let's face it, who's had a couple of uh, issues with ball security. But that was for for Aaron to throw that and to trust Romeo to to make that play. I think that was a big moment. And I think we're starting to see a little bit more about the type of overall receiver that that Romeo Dobbs could be. Now, there are obviously inconsistencies. He's got to hold on to that football. He's got to secure the football, fumbles, making a catch, that sort of thing. But we're seeing him be a deep threat. We're seeing him be a threat over the middle, uh, to the sideline, to a back shoulder type of thing. We're seeing quite an impressive route tree from, from a rookie in the early goings of this season. Now we just need to see that consistently with, with 87. Alan Lazard has obviously developed into the number one target. He seems to be a nice safety valve, a guy that, that Aaron trusts to throw into tight coverages or or to make a big play. But, you know, offensively, I don't think we quite know where this team's at, but we're getting hints. We're, we're getting hints. Defensively, it's just a lot of inconsistency with me so far. They've got the talent, and we've seen them have some epic performances. They don't win in Tampa without that defense. But they have just got to continue to stack it left and right, week in, week out. And especially with this upcoming schedule, you've got to take advantage of it. You must. You have to beat the Giants. I know the Giants are 3-1, and one, but the Packers should be a better team. Jets, same thing. Washington, same thing. You've got to win these next three. And it sets up for quite the showdown with Buffalo. And heck, Detroit, I mean, you look at their offense right now. The Lions offense is on pace to score more points than all but one other team in the NFL right now. That's that's the Lions. The bad news, though, is that uh, their defense is not that great, and they're on pace to allow... By far the most points of any team in NFL history. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating, too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.